0: Everyone and welcome to another episode of the envcast where we talk about things that matter i'm your host mahnoor Qadir, and in this episode i will be talking to you about the world environment day so stay tuned hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the envcast Hope you all are keeping well and doing safe. It is actually so nice to hear that most of you have got, uh, gotten vaccinated. That is awesome stuff. There is light at the end of the tunnel, guys. <laughs> now, before I get into this episode, I would like to say thank you for all the support and the encouragement that I have received recently. It honestly means a lot to me. It was an honor and actually pretty cool to be named University of East Anglia's, my uni's climate star this week. And if you don't know about the climate star campaign that UEA is doing, check out the link in the bio of my Mahnoor Env account on Instagram. Now, this episode is all about the World Environment Day that happened last week on 5th of June. And today, when I'm recording this, is also the World Ocean Day. So if you haven't already, go give episode 2 of the Envcast a listen. It's all about the heroes of our planet, the oceans. So the first ever World Environment Day was held in 1972, and its theme was only one Earth. And I think the 70s were one of the most prominent years for environmental movement, Because that's when the whole movement started getting the attention, started gaining traction and momentum. Obviously before there were a lot of green movements, there was still awareness. And I don't know if you guys have heard about the Rachel Carson's book, The Silent Spring, which sheds light on the effects of pesticides and the pollution caused by them. So that also helped the environmental movement grow, I think in the 60s. But the 70s were actually the main year where a lot of shift happened in the environmental movement. Now, um, And I think one of the biggest, most symbolic moment was the blue marble photo that was taken by the NASA crew, Apollo 17. That changed the entire perception of humans on how they viewed the planet. You know, from they started viewing it as a fragile home and uh, the only planet with life on it so the picture shifted the movement towards restoring our planet and led to the celebration of these days like the environment day and the earth day which is great stuff i think and all of these days basically did start in the 70s now this year environment day was hosted by pakistan which i'm so happy about um Prime Minister Imran Khan wrote a very fascinating article on the Environment Day for the CNN. And in in that, he talks about how Lahore, which was once the city of gardens, has completely changed. It's not the same anymore, which is so true. I think now that I, when I go to Lahore, I see that a lot of visual pollution and noise pollution have drastically increased. And in the article, he also talks about the significance of how Pakistan is vulnerable to the impacts of climate change. However, the good news is that Pakistan is doing a lot in nature restoration, which is the theme for this Environment Day. Now, restoration of nature entails the recovery of degraded landscapes and water environment. In ecology, it is all about recreating the dynamics and structure of ecosystems. And modern day conservation efforts and techniques, they basically focus on uh, the preservation of restoration of natural and dynamic processes collectively referred to as ecosystem services. You know, they don't focus on protecting just the processes because the nature is ever changing and dynamic. So they focus on ecosystem services and these services basically help the conservation and restoration so you work hand in hand in the, with nature both humans and nature benefit so the forest is an ecosystem service the aquatic environment is the ecosystem service and you know the uh, the restoration of ecosystems is actually one of the objectives that you know, repeat is that is repeatedly established in the sustainable development goals especially 14 which uh, says that we need to conserve and sustainably use the ocean, seas, and marine res- resources. And also SDG 15, which talks about protecting, restoring, and promoting sustainable use of terrestrial ecosystems and sustainably manage forest and combat des- desertification. Now, Pakistan has increased its number of protected areas snow leopards wolves marcos they're all being protected now now marcor is the national animal of pakistan it is a mountain goat and one of the most interesting case studies that i wrote i think and also made a poster on uh, during my undergr- uh, postgraduate degree was actually on conservation of markor using trophy hunting And that was, I think that was the most fun coursework I ever had. I loved learning about it and uh, my dad also worked on this project. Now, Pakistan has really upped her game (laughs) into conserving its species and making peace with nature through these conservation efforts. Other than this, Pakistan is also known for its ambitious tree planting efforts. They have already planted 1 billion trees and they're trying to reach, I think, 10 billion Trees. Uh, hopefully, they can. That would be pretty cool. And mangrove coverage has also risen by 300%, making it the world's only country with an expanding mangrove cover. This is really important. I think mangroves are our biggest best friends. Mangroves and wetlands to help tackle climate change and restoring them is extremely important. So, this is a really huge step that Pakistan has taken. And I I also think, you know, know, when you think about this, it's all well and good, but I feel like the urban spaces, the cities like Lahore and Karachi and Islamabad, they need to be improved drastically. You know, we don't need all the concrete or in other packages more or in Emporium Mall. If you're from Lahore, you know what I'm talking about. We don't need all these malls. We need proper urban management with increased green space and planning. Because we're, gon- we're not going to only be impacted by flooding, but also intense heat waves. And I think we need to learn from like, you know, in the UK, what they do is they have a proper urban plan. They have a good balance between the green space and the other development. And I think that sort of needs to be implemented in the developing world as well, because I feel like. A lot of movement is now towards concrete and malls and office buildings and apartment buildings, which I don't think we need, being the most vulnerable country to climate change. And also, we are going to be faced with intense heat waves. This summer is going to be the hottest summer, guys. I'm so sorry. And the lack of green space is making it worse. So, we definitely need a proper urban management plan. Another country that I wanted to speak out about in this episode was Bhutan. I always wanted to visit or live in Bhutan because instead of having GDP as an indicator, they have GNH, which is the Gross National Happiness Index. And they measure the well-being of their population through this. So they know if they're economically doing well, if their population is happy. Not only this, but they have a lot of natural uh, nature restoration schemes and uh, they they are connected with the environment a lot you know they have 70 percent forest cover most of it in pristine or near pristine condition they also have 51 percent of their land that is protected and you know i think the 2008 constitution states that no less than 60 percent of the total territory must be protected for the environment which is amazing i think bhutan holds the best preserved ecosystems in the entire himalayan region and it could be a leading example in nature-based solutions especially in asia so i feel like nature-based solutions and nature restorations restoration is vital in the face of the climate crisis i think these solutions will not only help degraded land but give us an opportunity to connect with our planet in a way that we've forgotten. I think we're so into this tech-savvy, concrete-driven world that we have forgotten that there's our surroundings that we could literally relate to and connect to, both mentally and even with our physical health. So I think we need, you know, this sort of restoration programs in every country that could help people and nature to connect on that level again we can see nature existing in its truest form by replanting and recreating it a healthy environment is important for security and global prosperity and i feel like this because this is the uh, decade of restoration there needs to be a rise in protected areas habitat corridors conservation Uh, conservation and other natural resource management tools and lastly I think what's the best thing that we could all do right now is use our voice with the ever-growing reliance on social media using our voices for these issues is the best way to drive climate action yeah so this is the end of this episode um hope you all have a really good week ahead Thank you for listening to me today. Follow me on Mahnoor Env on Instagram for more updates and Envcast official Facebook page. Follow the Envcast on all platforms and leave a review. That would be greatly appreciated. This is me signing off the Envcast. Speak to you next week. Bye.